Have you ever dreamed of opening a store? Welcome to the Retail Darwin podcast, where we're exploring the evolution of retail alongside industry thought leaders, experts, and partners. From WS Development, I'm Taylor West, here alongside my co-host, Karina Donoso and our producer, Ryan Miller. This special edition series accompanies the Retail Darwin's visual activation at the pop-up incubation project, The Current, in the heart of Boston's seaport. The visual activation outlines nine key steps on how to open a store. In this special podcast series, we're joined by our peers here at WS Development that specialize in each topic, and we hope you'll find inspiration within these conversations. And if you've ever dreamed of opening a store, we want to hear all about it. DM us on Instagram at The Retail Darwin to learn about pop-up opportunities at our project, The Current. When exploring the idea of opening a physical store, how you get the word out is everything. There are endless ways to market to your customer in today's world, and on Episode 7 of Ever Dream of Opening a Store, we are joined by members of WS Development's Seaport Marketing Team to chat with them about key marketing channels to consider when opening your first location. In today's episode, you're in fantastic company with guest Ariel Foxman, Seaport's general manager and former editor-in-chief of InStyle Magazine, coined one of the most influential fashion editors of our time. Additionally, we're joined by Katie Laurie, digital content manager, who is responsible for entertaining 70,000 followers daily. I am jumping out of my seat with excitement. Let's get into it. So thank you for joining us, guys. Oh my God, thank you. So excited to be here. And also, it's for all the listeners that can't, see us. Katie is holding a taste mic right now, which is like everything. This little itty bitty microphone, it is such a vibe. How could you not love an itty bitty mic for my first podcast? <laughs> I, it's, it's incredible. Um, so let's dive in. So Ariel, I want to talk to you about how you see the future of retail marketing, because you've been in this space for a while. And I, I know you have some really good insight about where it's going in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you for having us. And I kind of bristle at the idea of the future of type questions um, because it's so easy to get tripped up um, chasing the new bus and the cool bus when so much of the other kind of core marketing work has to happen. And I think rather than focus on like what's cool in terms of innovation in marketing and in terms of like the space and how you use technology and social and all those things that you can go sort of endlessly into. I think the most important thing when it comes to sort of like the future of your brand and your store is, is twofold is really like, what do you like to do as a consumer? What do you use as a consumer? Where do you shop? How do you shop? What speaks to you? What no longer speaks to you? Because if you organically like that, that should be the thrust of how you think about the future of your store. And secondly, like, why are you opening a store, right? Like opening a store is a very personal, uh, very uniquely values-driven proposition for anyone. It's so much work. It's equally, it can be equally rewarding, but like that thing if you can really identify, like, yes, there's probably a hundred reasons why you're opening a store. If you can say, like, the number one thing, if nothing else happened, I was able to meet new customers, um, share my vision, uh, make more money, whatever it is. It can't be all those things at number one. Then once you've identified it, you can start thinking about, like, okay, the future around this one thing is in this regard, right? So yeah. if it's about making more money, maybe you're looking for technology 
um, and marketing that um, has the biggest reach for the, the biggest return. Um, if it's about meeting new people, then you're thinking about this store as a community-driven uh, space. And that's a very different way of marketing. So um, that's how I think about it, right? Like, don't worry about what everyone else is talking about. Think about what you want to do and figure out what's new in that space. And do you like it as a shopper? Because if yeah. you don't like it, you don't understand it, you're never going to master it. Um, that's point. what we see really, really works. Yeah, it, it's such a good point because I think generationally, right? Like I, I'm not, I, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm not old enough for TikTok, right? But it's not something I use. And so, you know, even like I were opening up a store, I don't know if I would gravitate that as a, as a, as a vehicle to market my brand because for me, you know, unless obviously my customer was using it, but I think it's like, I think you also have to like make it easy on yourself too. On like, what do you use? What feels natural to you? And then build off of where your customers are to meet them um, and using marketing channels to do that. Yeah, Honestly, I, agree. Karina, I can't, yeah. I can't even imagine like taking the words out of my mouth. I think Ariel said perfectly where, I mean, it's called a traditional storefront for a reason because it's a tradition and a, tra a tradition is something you annualize and do every year the same and maybe evolve as the times change, but it works for a reason. And I think people do really get caught up on the future and all of this experiential and how do I put my hand in every single cookie jar and it's overwhelming. Yeah. Where if you hone your focus and kind of stay in the lane that you know works and excel at that and be the best at that, you'll be the best. Yeah. If it's, a brand could only choose one, they had nothing, and they could only choose one because that's what their bandwidth was, what do you think it should be? One channel. Oh, my God. I know. It's, it's a hard question, question What's but the category, that's where right? we're going. Like Karina said, Retail. Just say um, a multi-brand retailer. I think it's also like if they're opening up a store, like how would you guys recommend they get the word out? Is it a traditional press release? Because, I mean, I think we really stress about that. I mean, I, I – having had a brand that for me was always like a key thing. So I'm curious to, to hear from you guys, if you still think that's an important element. I think it depends on, listen, when you're opening a store and you're trying to get the word out, I think people have a fantasy that if I open it, people will walk by, mm -hmm. but just getting people to walk by is a challenge. Getting people to walk by, come into your store, stay, look around, spend money, and then come back. Is Each one of those things is a challenge. That's so why we have an episode of each one of those things. Exactly, right? <laughs> you can't underestimate um, how challenging it is to get people in front of your store and willing to open the door. And I think there is nothing worse than underestimating that and doing everything else right, right? It's like throwing a party by forgetting to send out the invitations. Like, you're going to feel terrible about it, no matter how gorgeous and amazing your store is. And I think you really have to believe that you know your audience and where she is getting most of her information. This is where I would say it's not what you look at, but where you know your audience is looking at. And I think if you're new to a city or this is the first kind of store um, or it's your first um time ever selling things like I think a press release is valuable if you have a deep enough relationship with the people who are putting the press release out I think just putting it out in the ether 
has minimal value if you can really connect with an agency that's putting the specialties out strategically. It's a great thing. And to Katie's point, it's a traditional storefront. You don't want to like put your nose up to more traditional uh, resources and platforms. You know, maybe it's an ad in a print publication. Maybe it's um, radio ads. Maybe it's things that you maybe don't think are as sexy, but could drive an ROI. And I think whoever is taking your money to promote your store, that is the question you ask. Show me what is the ROI? What can I expect um, outside of a guarantee? I love that. I mean, I'll never forget when Maggie Smith said it takes six different channels to touch a customer. And I think we've all seen that map of how you can reach someone. So there's the print media, there's the digital media, you need to hear it from a friend, you need to be in the neighborhood and walk by. There's all of these different moments for you to really recognize that name of that store and say, oh yeah, I've heard of that. Oh yeah, I want to go there. Or so-and-so was talking about that. Or I saw that on a billboard. There's just, you kind of do have to do it all, but strategically, and you don't have to do it all at once. And I think there's a real value in knowing how little attention people have to give to marketing messages. So when you're thinking about how you're marketing your store, think about it in mere seconds. Um, and think about, again, your consumer uh, experience. We are marketed to so often um, that in order to register something, we can only give it a couple of seconds, if that seconds is long, actually. And so when you're thinking about marketing anything, but particularly a store, um, I think the tendency as creative folks with vision is to be really clever and to want to be really uh, creative in that regard. And I think there's room for creativity, but clarity more than anything and brevity more than anything is the most powerful thing in marketing something that you need people to understand. Otherwise, they'll go somewhere else. So I would say that that is also how you should think about platforms and avenues. It's so funny that that's how it is with marketing and it's the same how it is when you walk into a physical space, right? It takes about five seconds to convert someone or to lose someone. And how the store looks, feels, your associate, like every single element and the details of the inside of the space literally will turn someone on or off, like within seconds. And it is the same with marketing. And um, it's incredible the way that that's transferred now into the palm of your hands and all the, you know, connection that we're having. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it's fascinating. But, um, you know, that, Taylor, I think what you wanted to ask. Yeah, Katie so some. that kind of flows really nicely into our next question for Katie. What elements of a marketing plan do you find are really essential to the success of a new store opening? I mean, so many elements. I think everything we've talked about is all still true, but... I think regardless of what you're doing, you have to feel strong in your vision and your business. And hopefully if you're at the point of opening a store, you do, you're super confident and ready. Um, I think one of the most important things is making sure that physical experience, so your associate, your zone one, your window display, your main detail, your new collection, that energy and that look and feel matches the digital look and feel that you see through your screen. So the editorial should feel the same as the physical so that your customer, 
even if they don't read the, you know, 150 character message about your sale or your grand opening, it's a subconscious feeling that they've absorbed with the imagery. So yeah. you guys know this. I'm a huge proponent of photography, imagery, like pictures sell, sell a thousand words or whatever that expression is. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I think having those um, run in parallel paths and, and be the same together is the strongest. This question is for the both of you, because I think this is such an important element, too, in your marketing is is really talking about generational marketing. Like, so if you know your customer is, you know, from the age of 20 to 45, like, what is that marketing vehicle then you think they should be going towards? Like, is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Is it TikTok? Like, where would you recommend them to start? Especially now, because I feel like it has changed as I... As I age, it is like someone the other day was talking about Bala Bangles and said to me, oh, this is this is referred to as the hot girl walk. And I go, what's the hot girl walk? And they go, oh, clearly you're not on TikTok. And I was like, like, what is this walk? They're like, well, you know, in the pandemic, someone, you know, puts the Bala vans on and they walk. And I was like, I've been doing the Bala, ba- I've been doing the hot girl walk since 2005. Okay. Like, walk meets 2022. Yeah. But the fact that this was coined and I didn't know what it was, it made me feel so not old, but like I'm not in. I'm not in with it. Like so, where so if so clearly I'm 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 maybe not the customer, but like it's interesting that that brand is is obviously not gearing. They're not meeting me because I'm on Instagram. Okay, I'll say the unpopular opinion. Okay, so okay. and I hope to be corrected or or whatever, but I don't yeah. think TikTok's for businesses. Ooh. I said it. There it is. Wow. There it is. And your seat went up in flames. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us more. Tell us more. I mean, okay, two cents. So Instagram is this beautiful place that you can look at nine images at once right on your phone, understand someone's profile. You can do boosted ads, paid ads. Instagram, I think, as a company, is putting a lot behind brands on Instagram and especially small businesses on Instagram and making them more visible on your explore page through different search tactics and algorithms where I TikTok is setting trends for sure. And I think you as a consumer should, if you enjoy it, be part of the TikTok community and consume those like trending moments and hashtags and videos that have gone viral. But it's not really a place for businesses yet because it toes that fine line of like everything is a person on TikTok and not um, a physical storefront. Like you still need a whole video experience for TikTok that I think fairly similar to Snapchat. There's the idea that businesses can be on TikTok, but is it how people are using it? I think people, a consumer is using TikTok for, to watch other people, not other brands. Where the, if I hear a new store is opening, the first place I go is Instagram to see what that store is. I'm not looking for them on TikTok. And I don't think TikTok has the same search capabilities and discovery yet. You know, look, correct me if I'm wrong on the next podcast. <laughs> I yeah, said it. Okay. But I think it's, I think it's so, I think it's a really interesting point. So, so basically you're saying someone can learn about a product, but it's harder to learn about a store, like to market your store opening. You wouldn't go on TikTok. Right. I don't yeah. think, I mean, and as a business and as a brand, TikTok is, is very like comical and fun and, interactive and unless you have that tone of voice and are prepared to be always on like that it just it really depends on your category of store but I think for a broad strokes conversation like this like Instagram is definitely the place to have 
business. And again, you can drive traffic and sales through Instagram. You can sell your products on Instagram. TikTok yeah. doesn't have all those capabilities built in at the moment, you know? Yeah. Great point. Um, just to add to that, I, I think, Katie, you're 100% right. Um, if you if you are organic to TikTok and your business uh, or why people know you is because you are a powerhouse on TikTok, of course, by all means, that's the asterisk. Um, but it's such a huge lift in terms of content creation that unless this is where you come from, trying to keep up with that and making noise in that space while you've just the opening a store is a recipe for sinking fast. Um, yeah. I think what Katie has to say about Instagram being like the first place we all go to learn about a brand is true and will be true for quite some time um, because Instagram is making sure um, with so many algorithms and just the way in which they're putting resources and marketing um, that we think of Instagram like, like that. I would also say that you can't ignore Facebook for community. It may not be as sexy and as beautiful as Instagram, but you can drive a lot of word of mouth and uh, local attention through Facebook. And so I think you need that sort of one-two pairing as you're thinking about it. Um, and then if you have the time and the bandwidth or you have uh, folks who are already on there, Pinterest is a really uh, strong way to raise awareness. Couldn't agree uh, Yeah, don't get, sleep on Pinterest. Yeah, yeah, don't sleep on Pinterest. You can find a, some power pinners and they power can get your, they, they're called that. I love that. And it's like, um, you know, you can pay them um, uh, by project or by board or by category and they will make sure legitimately to move your imagery in a place where people are already organically searching for it, you know, sort of meeting people on the other end of the funnel very quickly. It's very hard to convert directly from Pinterest. It's not what it's for, but uh, raising awareness. Um, and there are local boards as well. So like um, getting hyper-local, but getting, is, you know, your beautiful imagery out on Pinterest is, I think, way more um, valuable than showing that you're on TikTok. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah for sure. I think even resource-wise, it's probably smarter. So, like, you know, you're opening a store. You now need a website. You need to potentially have an image for this press release so that, you know, your local newspaper can print it. And you need a beautiful in image for Instagram and all of this, and a beautiful image for Pinterest. You need all of this stuff that you're creating, and that can be used multi-platform, where TikTok is truly, like, raw, organic content. Yeah. And so then you don't have all the tools over there. To spread and I think something similar to Bala Bangles like I don't even really know if Bala Bangles is on TikTok because I'm not someone that follows brands on TikTok but if they are or even if they're not if they've heard that trend is on TikTok you can certainly reference it over on your other platforms or even you know add the TikTok to your Instagram story to show like hey look at my product that's now trending over here because the community thinks it's cool yeah. You're not putting it out there as an advertisement. It just has picked up and become this thing and you can capitalize on it and be in on the joke or in on the success for that moment. Well, guys, this has been so much fun. And I, I think I need to have you both back because I, I do want to talk to you both about the metaverse and how we like, and oh, Kate, your eyes, right? Metaverse. The oh. metaverse. I am obsessed, but I know we don't have time for that today. But you can call Mark. 
Bye. <laughs> Who can call Mark Zuckerberg? Oh my god. Get him on. I can't believe he rebranded Facebook. I mean, anyways, there's, there's so much to talk about that. But um, to wrap up, we always do an icebreaker at the end because we like to be ironic. So I'm going to pass it over to our fabulous Ryan, who's going to queue up our fun icebreaker question. Ryan, are you ready? Oh, I'm re- I'm very ready. <laughs> okay. So the question is, if you could only wear one brand for the rest of your life, what would that brand be? Dun, dun, dun. dun. Dun 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 dun. We'll start oh, with the heavy hitter at the end. Who can choose? Katie, you go first. No, I can't. I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, wow, that is a really that's not an icebreaker. That's a stumper. Um, <laughs> so I would. I mean, there's like a fantasy in reality. Um, like, there's no like. Is there a bank account that comes across with this question? <laughs> um, unlimited I'm, amount uh, of yeah, unlimited funds. Money, no object, and sort of lifestyle, no object. I would say Tom Ford. Ooh, uh, I thought you were going to say Tom Brown. No, I can't have a stripe on everything I wear. You <laughs> <laughs> think I work at the store? Um, uh, but like, reality is like champion by Todd Snyder. I mean, like that is all I wear. Um, and I'm happy and comfortable in it. But um, yeah, that would be what I, I would say. Though Nike is not far, far from that as well. <laughs> Katie, okay. I mean, obviously, similar to Ariel, there's, you know, the aspiration, like, do you want to be in Gucci every day? Sure. Can you? It doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> no. I don't know. I mean, Honestly, with like COVID and everything in style changing, I picture myself in a fully wall printed maximalist room in Gucci. However, the reality of my of the reality of this fantasy um, would be something closer to like a fear of God with the you know the more cotton Jerry Lorenzo look or truly Nike because of all of their spin off and sub brands, i.e. you know Off White, Nike Lab any collaboration that they're a part of it's more of that comfort at this point than in streetwear as opposed to sitting around lavishly in my gold encrusted dining room. <laughs> Love it. Good answers. Taylor, what about you? Oh, mine came to me very quickly. Chloe. Ooh. Look, look my answer. Stop it. <laughs> Did I? So like current Chloe or like five years ago, Chloe, 10 years ago, Chloe, like, Hippie Chloe or uh, Chloe, more no like doubt. Celine Chloe. Phoebe. Yep. Phoebe. Yeah. But I was like an adult in an office, Celine could could hit for me. But I I could see that. Yeah. I feel I, like so it's it, all encompassing though, so we could just like any any year. It's it's like it's one brand. We just go all time Chloe. Okay. You want the whole wardrobe every season over the last twenty yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to mix and match. It gives me a little range. Okay, if she's going to do Chloe, then I'll do Stella because she's done, she's pretty much, she's fabulous. Yeah. And you can get the tennis clothes with it. Yeah, there's not, I mean, yeah, there's the tennis. Follow bangles and Stella (laughs) activewear. Yeah, no, I mean, there's really, that that for me pretty much like sums up my personality. I would do her athleisure. I would do her ready to wear. She does free silk. Her sizing sucks, but like, there's There's nothing. No leather. There's no leather. Yeah, there is no leather, and that's like a really big great honor. leather. But I would, I would venture to guess that like a piece of your personality is like a great leather bag or pump. Oh, oh my god, a hundred percent. The problem is, is that <laughs> more than a piece. 
I well, I don't wear pumps. I only wear boots. I don't believe in heels. I think they're too it's like too much. But we'll have to get. I'm a lot. I can't then wear a lot on my feet. Like I can't. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Okay, Ryan. What about you? Yeah, I'm I'm wearing Nike or with a second close for Under Armour. I don't know. There's just something about their clothes that that are comfortable, and I I find that other clothes shrink a lot when you're in. A lot of the times when I'm doing so much laundry at home, I'm just putting that dryer on for another 30 minutes, you know? And if, and if it's not, like, good fabric, that thing's getting – it's going to shrink. Destroyed. Yeah, so – and plus, yeah. I just – right when I get home, it's it's right into to sweatpants, comfortable shoes, a hoodie, something. Like, that's what I'm wearing at home all the time, so definitely not. If I agree, but you can't under, underestimate sweatpants. Yeah, no. Oh, they're great. Sweatpants are – I mean, remember a time when it's – I mean, it was a whole Seinfeld episode. Like, if you wore sweatpants, you've given up on life. <laughs> and, like, it's a complete 180 these days. It's yeah. amazing. You know, it's um, thankfully. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm sitting here in leather sweatpants. Yeah, sweatpants. I, leather sweatpants. I can't awesome. stand sweatpants. Really? I got, like, ten me. pairs I don't like home. leggings. I don't like sweatpants. I like jeans. I would yeah. co-sign that. I don't, I don't do the leggings thing, but I'm in vegan leather joggers. So, I mean, yeah. that's fine. That's acceptable. That's, that's, not, my, that's my category. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kareem, don't you have the rag and bone denim, the sweat denim? That's what I have. Yeah. Those are my favorite. I have them, though, from, like, seven years ago. Before they were cool. Before they were cool. When people are like, what are you wearing? You just stayed cool. No, <laughs> I just they're blessed. I just work retail a lot. So, like, I have a, <laughs> I can't part with things because I know this shit's always going to come back. <laughs> That's what happens when you get older. You know the shit's going to come back, but you have to save it. Honestly, that is so true of everything we said. Like, things are cyclical. Things are traditional. It makes sense. Some of the things that work, if it's not broken, like, still do it. Well, thank you guys Thanks. so much. This is so much fun. We will, we have to have you both back. Sure. Anytime. This is fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks. So thank fun. you, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.